Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Today, we have a very special edition of our 10 Questions pod. I usually like to say very special people. I, I like all of our guests on here, but I really mean it this time with all due respect to those other guests. Joined by none other than former 13-year NFL veteran, five-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, who is now a member of the mainstream media with podcasts including Call to the Booth and Catching Fades. In addition to where you've been hearing him all year, his work as a color commentator, Akib Talib. Akib, thank you so much for the time, man. How are you? I'm all good, Ian. How you doing? Doing great, man. This is actually your second appearance here on this uh, PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I know you're not a huge fantasy guy, but you know what, man? I, I maintain that fantasy points, if we just like made that a different like name, that people would be behind it more. All we're trying to do is track production, man. Nothing wrong with that, right? <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with it, man. I'm actually learning to love fantasy football, man. The better I get at it, the more I like it, right? Just like regular football. So, you know, I'm getting there. Helps, uh, you know, watching Red Zone all day Sunday. It's not bad to have a little, you know, uh, little action in it. So Exactly. With Akeeb here, again, people, you can catch him weekly on Call to the Booth and Catch Him Fades. Obviously, we're going to focus a lot on wide receiver cornerback stuff when we have an expert like this on the show. But, Akeeb, first I want to talk about some of these rookie quarterbacks because really just every single one seemed like they had a ton of hype entering this year. And we have seen Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones start at least one game this year. With what you've seen from these guys so far, how would you rank them in terms of who you want leading your team for the next decade? Oh, I might go Justin Fields one. After last night, man, he looks so good. Really, the last two weeks. Last week, he lost two, I think. But, man, he just he just looks so promising to me. You know what I'm saying? So, I might go Justin Fields one. Mac Jones two. Trevor Lawrence three. And then and then we'll go, then we'll go Trey Lance, then we'll go Zach Wilson. Trey Lance, he ain't really got in that much this year. He ain't really got to show what he can do. Zach Williams had an opportunity. I mean, Zach Wilson had an opportunity. Uh injuries came along, shut him down. So, you know what I'm saying? That, that's what make him go to fifth. But those top three guys, man, I like what them top three guys doing right now. Especially, and you said it, man, even two weeks ago with Fields. I feel like he started, the game's been speeding up for him a little bit. Is that fair to say? Because we've known him to be a guy that holds the ball a little bit too long. But we know he's got the arm strength to put it anywhere. And with, with him usually being one of the faster guys out there, once he really figures it out, or maybe once the offensive scheme gets a little better, like there's not yeah. much this guy can't do out there on the field. Exactly, man. Uh, the game looked like it's slowing down to him. He's just getting more comfortable. As as that Pittsburgh game went on last night, you just felt him get more and more comfortable. And he just threw more routes on time. He 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 chose smaller windows to try to fit balls in. And uh I just feel like every week, man, he using his legs at opportune times. And he's just looking better and better every week, man. I'm jumping on the bandwagon early. I can only imagine how difficult it is playing cornerback, period. But then once you have to actually worry about a quarterback taking off, using his legs and making plays yeah. on the ground. So with that said, Akeem, like focusing more on these guys in present day, who would you want to least play? You know, if you suited up on Sunday and we're out there, would it be field someone where you have to, again, worry about that dual threat feature or maybe someone like Mac Jones who's just a little bit more polished at this point in time? Well, I would say, I would say I don't because – I mean, you got to guard your guy for for an extra second or two when you got a mobile quarterback. And it's just super frustrating when you get a guy to third and eight and the quarterback take off running and he pick it up, right? So that definitely put Justin Fields up there. But Mac Jones' style of play, 
is super frustrating as well, man. He throw the ball quick on time, super accurate, man. You see a lot of probably half of his interceptions came off tip balls and stuff this year, not really off him just being inaccurate, right? So his accuracy and his decision making will definitely frustrate you. And and Justin Fields legs on on red zone and third down situations will definitely frustrate you. So I I I say both of those guys, I they'll be my least favorite to play against out of these five. Yeah, Bush League ankle twists aside, Mac Jones has done nothing except impress this year. PFFs, right. number 12 highest graded quarterback. That's amazing. Year. It is, man. And Fields, though, coming in hot, top graded quarterback from week nine. So hopefully we get yeah, the sir. second half of the year that many were hoping for would be from the beginning. Enough about those quarterbacks, though. Let's talk some receivers here because, man, with first Justin Jefferson coming in and not just dominating as a rookie, but just even relative to 10-year veterans emerging as one of the best receivers in the game last year. Now we have his LSU teammate, Jamar Chase, doing the same thing almost at an even higher level for most of 2021. Akib, when was the last time you remember a rookie receiver coming to the league and just being this damn good from the start? Well, shit, you just said it since last year, Justin <laughs> Jefferson. Spoiled since it. he did it. <laughs> But, I mean, besides him, though, man, you had guys like Debo. I think Debo might have came in. Cooper Cup came in. But, man, they really remind me of the guys like how Julio came in, how AJ came in, man. I, that's what that's – what, I remember around draft time I was saying, Devontae and Jamar, they remind me of, like, the Julio, AJ. Like, they going to come in and have immediate impact. Devontae, not so much. But I think kind of the circumstances, it's, you put him on a different team or, you know what I'm saying, or – yeah. You fast forward that team two years and then add him to that team like where Hurts really going to be comfortable. His numbers might rise, but as far as Jamar Chase, man, he's definitely amongst those greats. I mean, I think he just broke Jerry Rice's record or something, right? I'm saying for the first seven games, but he's definitely among those greats, man. You enter the league, the, the Julios and the AJs of the world for sure. Yeah. And it's a great point about Devontae. I mean, when I think Jalen Hurts has thrown 31 passes total over the past two weeks, you know, right. this is we need more volume there. But, man, some of that route running when you just dig beneath the hood there looks legit already. Oh, he got it. Oh, he's got it. That's he got for it. sure. A couple of those guys you mentioned, Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel. So going into last week, it's changed just a little bit here with some of these backup quarterback issues. But we had Chase, Cooper Cup, Debo, and Devontae Adams. Only four guys averaging at least three yards per out run. Cup is still above that mark. I know you got a chance to play with him uh, during the final two years of your career with the Rams. Was there anything that stuck out to you about Cooper Cup just in terms of preparation, practice? Like, did you know he was going to be special from day one? Man, I would say, Ian, his his movement and his size. Like, all right, first, the movement, man, he moved crazy. He got, like, you. if you see him run the route, you would literally be like, can Cooper Cup fucking dance? Like, he just <laughs> got, like, the movement he got is crazy. He got, like, that top of the route shit, like, what's working him got. Like, he might juke this way and cut off the inside foot and go this way just – it's unorthodox, but it's a crazy wiggle at the top of his routes that I don't think he get a lot of credit for because you don't really you don't really see it. You don't really see it on you really feel it when you guard him. When you guard him, he got a knack of making you think he going this way and uh he going that way. And I don't I don't know if it looked like it don't look like it don't look like Judy wiggle. It don't look like Devontae wiggle, but I promise you, it's it's just as dangerous as theirs. So he got a sneaky wiggle to him. And then on on on, a, on top of that, the guy like six two, maybe a little over six two, 
215. So people don't understand how big he is. He bigger than me. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, man, I'll tell a story before. Man, we was we was eating lunch one time. Cooper Cup had, Cooper Cup had a big-ass plate of spaghetti. I'm talking about this. Huge. Me and Marcus Peters giving him shit. We playing around like, damn, Cooper, like, you ain't eat breakfast this morning, bro? What's going on? He like, man, I got to eat a certain amount of carbs, man. I'm I'm 215. We like, hold on, bro. No way, bro. I'm like, I'm like 203. MP, MP, Marcus Peters, he he's struggling to stay 200. He like 199. And you know what I'm saying? We like, oh, ain't no way you 215, bro. He like, I waited in that 217 this morning. So I mean, just his size. I'll say his his movement is real sneaky. And that size, bro, it, you can't account for it. That's what's almost has made like what has made this year so crazy to me is like for him to have all these touchdowns, we know he's got the route running to your point about his size. Like he's had some absurd yak plays over the years. That, uh, that That's where that touchdown. size come in. That's where that size come in. Like he's a hard guy to get the ground yet. You watch some of these touchdowns, man. And it's like, there's no one within five yards of him. So you add in Stafford and Sean McVay. It's just been borderline unfair this year, man. Kind of unfair, man. You, you, like you said, Sean, Sean got a knack for getting receivers to run free. I make my run look exactly like my pass, and I coach my wideouts to run up on the linebacker exactly like you finna do when you finna block them, and then run your route. So they so well trained. The Rams gonna have guys running free, but once you add like a guy like Cooper Cup who could add that wiggle to it, some of them times when he running free, like the the the, the one touchdown, he started like in the bunch and he kind of uh, and went outside and he like just wide open in the bunch. That's Sean McVay, but that's that wiggle he. Yeah. He stick inside so hard, that cornerback, both cornerbacks thought the opposite of what the other one was thinking. They both switched, and both of them went this way. Cooper Cup went outside by itself because they had like a, you get the one that's coming inside, I'm going to get the one that's, they was kind of tag teaming them, right? Sure. And he just juked both of them. You know what I'm saying? He juked both guys and ended up wide open. So half of it's McVay, but man, half of it's Cooper Cup. Just an incredibly deadly combo. He had a touchdown against the Colts this year. They lined him up in the backfield. Like, you never know right. where he's going to be. And then once you do, you usually can't stop him anyway. Exactly. Uh, you also mentioned Debo Samuel as a guy that just really um, impressed you when he came out. This year, he is the leader in yards per route run, most efficient oh, yeah. receiver in the league. And, you know, one of the wild stats I had going into this year was in 2020, he had more yards after the catch than actual receiving yards. Like, everything was just around the line of scrimmage, those pop passes, screens, and what. Whatnot. But this year, he has just been way more than the one-trick pony doing everything for this offense to the point that in fantasy land, like, we couldn't get behind Brandon Ayuk until, like, the last two weeks. Like, <laughs> what's been your impression of Debo through the first three years in the league? Like, did you always know that he could have this full skill set, or do you think we're just finally seeing him come into his own as, like, a true alpha? Yeah, I think I think uh, he'd get more opportunity, man. They're throwing him fades and stuff now, yeah. and, and before it was just straight bang routes. So off the offense, you know what I'm saying? We're going to either run a bang route or an outbreaking route and just or throw you quick passes and screens and stuff, put the ball in your hand and, and do what we do. But I think now he getting more deep ball opportunities, man. Honestly, I think it's just the opportunities he's getting. And and you we we able to see his ball skills now, how he adjusts the balls and stuff downfield. He's not – he ain't changed nothing. He's still – Still catching screens and going to the house with him. He's still catching bang rocks and breaking tackles and getting 40 yards on those. But now I think we just see that downfield presence, man. He got great ball skills on top of that yards after the catch. He know how to adjust to that ball. And the more opportunities you give him, the, the more you will see him able to do it. 
Is there a wide receiver when you played that was kind of like Debo in terms of just like this guy is terrifying once he gets the ball in his hands? Like, because <laughs> I just, you know, the way he's used again behind the line of scrimmage, more so downfield this year, but man, like he's like a running back once he gets the ball. Yeah, he is. It's a, it's, it's, it's a few of those guys in the league right now. But back when I played, hmm, let me see. That's tough. I thought Steve Smith was always a oh, tough tackle. Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden was like the closest to a Debo, in my opinion. Like, Debo is like the new age Anquan to me. Like, y'all run like running backs. Y'all got great hands. And if need be, you will, you will adjust on a 50-50 ball and moss something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I'll say those who Steve and Anquan was 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 similar to Debo Debo type receivers. Great comps. Yeah, I mean, look, we're not trying. Obviously, it's only one Steve Smith, only one Anquan Bolton, but just to have Debo in that company, man, truly, truly impressive. The other guy I mentioned has just been absurdly efficient this year. Devontae Adams, Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah. needs to get a negative COVID test on Saturday, but tentatively expecting him to be back. With that said, man, like it's just been absurd to me. Several times this year, Packers are down in the fourth quarter. Everyone knows Devontae is getting the ball, <laughs> and it just doesn't matter. If you had to pick a quarterback-wide receiver combo to lead your offense down the field last two minutes of the game, anyone you're taking over Rodgers and Adams at this point? No, no way, man. I'm, I'm, it's It's... It's like, it's almost cheating, man. We were just talking about this while we was lifting weights. Like, it's just some quarterbacks, you can't leave them no time. I don't care if it's 30 seconds. You just can't leave them no time because they know how to manipulate the clock and they know what routes to run against these coverages and they just know how to get a chunk 25 play and a, and a chunk play for 15 yards and not in field goal range. And Aaron Rodgers is definitely one of those guys. And part of the reason why is... You don't know if Devontae going to run that dig at 15, 20, or 27, right? Yeah. And, and whatever he running, uh, and Rodgers going to put it on the money on and put it right on him, money ball, completely accurate. So game on the line, man. I'm taking A-Rod and, and Devontae all day long. It's just so inevitable, man. And I feel like as someone that obviously doesn't quite understand the nuances of defensive schemes as well as yourself and everything, but like, why not at some point, don't you just take your best cornerback, stick him on Devontae and double the guy every play? Or is just Devontae's, again, ability to run every route at every level of the field? It basically just makes it impossible to even do that. Yeah, I think, I think when you get in situations like that, right? A lot of D coordinators are scared to play man, period. Because if you double Devontae, now I got three other guys. I got Lazard one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. I seen him kill people on phase. You got you just got all these one-on-ones if you play man. So usually teams play they safest defense. We play our cover four and keep everything in front of us, our cover two sink, keep our corners deep. And with zone defense, man, there's just so many holes in it. And with a guy like A-Rod. As soon as he see what defense you is, you get him a route, you run this route, we're going to run right to where that hole is, and I'm going to put it right on you. So it's up to them coordinators, man. Them coordinators got to gotta drop them kahunas a little bit and play man <laughs> against the Packers in those kind of situations because that's really your only hope. It is a good point where Rodgers just can recognize that, though, and take advantage of it. That Lions game where Aaron Jones caught, what, like three or four touchdowns, and you were watching the guy in man coverage just having to run through a wall of picks. Yeah, might as well be. Man, all right, last receiver I want to ask you about before we get to some DB talk. He's actually a running back, but he plays a lot of receiver as well. Court Daryl Patterson, now key. Oh, yeah. 
I have been the president of the Cordero Patterson fan club for five years running. I've always believed in this guy. What was your impression on Patterson, though, while you were kind of in the league with him and then just over time? Because we know how electric he is as a kick returner, but why on earth did it take eight years to get this guy a legit offensive role like we're seeing now? Well, I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I played against him at, while he played a little receiver, you know, back in the day. I think this this got to be – he got to be up there in his years, right? I don't know what year this is for him, yeah. but he's been around for a while, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I just never really thought, like, he was just like a real receiver. We always looked at him as like, yo, he a return man. And I never really just put that jacket on him as like, man, you could be a mean offensive weapon. But I think I guess now he's just getting the opportunity. Maybe maybe his other coaches looked at him like that as well. And now he's just he just got the right coordinator who like, man, there's more ways to get the ball in your hands than just letting you catch kicks, right? Yeah. So hey man, they figured it out now, man. He's <laughs> he is on my fantasy team on both of my leagues, and he go crazy for me on fantasy. So they figured it out now, and I'm glad they did, man, because he he's he a hardworking guy, he's been on a lot of teams. He made a lot of plays for a lot of teams, man. One of the best returners to play the game. And and just to find a solid offensive role for him, man. Running back, split him out, let him play receiver, and just let you be a football player and still return him kicks. That's that's second to none, man. So I uh, shout out shout out to Cordero Patterson, man. I'm glad he's getting this opportunity to show his skills. Turns 31 in March, ninth year in the league. Never too late to have a breakout when you're as Never good too late, baby. Guys see Pat. Just gotta grind. That's right. That's right. All right, Akeem. So I appeared on your podcast a couple of weeks ago, called to the booth. At that point, your no-fly zone power rankings were the Cowboys, Cardinals, Rams, Bills, and Saints. Has that okay. changed? Like, has that changed uh, to this point? I know there's been a, quite a bit happening over the past two weeks. Yeah, it changed a little bit, man. We got we got the Packers in there. We got mm -hmm. the Packers in there close to the top right now. Packers shutting everybody down, man. And even though they lost to the Chiefs, I thought they played an excellent game on defense against For Mahomes sure. and those guys. And uh, they needed to stop on that third down. They didn't get that stop. That was probably the only thing they didn't do that game. But they 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 caught a little they caught a little fire, caught a little fire that game. And I think that'll carry over to the to the following weeks. Uh we still got the Cardinals on there. Thought the Cardinals, the Cardinals play, they still playing well. Bills still playing well. They lost, but they only gave up nine points. They won the secondary who lost. Uh the Saints, the Saints, the Saints dropped a little bit. They in fourth. And 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 they they gave up a bunch of yards to Tom, but man, who not gonna give up a bunch of yards to Tom, right? right? I feel like they came up with the the clutch interceptions that they needed. They 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 found a way to get turnovers, and and they didn't let Tom score in the red zone, man. They they didn't let him score a touchdown. So I ain't dropped him too bad for letting Tom throw for four hundred. That's Tommy, but I thought they played well and, and they had opportune opportune turnovers. Is while I really kept them up there. And then I still got the Cowboys up there, man. I think the Cowboys, they, they lost the game. But Teddy ain't just kill him out, man. These gave up yeah. the one fade. Teddy ain't do too bad. They couldn't stop the damn run. That's why they lost the damn <laughs> game, honestly. But uh, the Cowboys ain't do too bad. But I dropped them down to five just because they ain't do nothing to win the game, man. Y'all should have made more plays, third downs or whatever, to try to win the game, man. So Packers, Cardinals, Bills, Saints, Cowboys. That's the order I got them in right now. I love that you're giving the Packers some love. It's incredible their pass D has stayed this good, even without Jair Alexander for the better part uh, of the oh, they season. Ballin'. I mean, oh, Bengals. Packers is balling, man. It's wild. Bengals 22 points, Cardinals 21 points, Chiefs only 13 points. Like, even Zadarius Smith at has been out. <laughs> they looking at everybody in, and they standing up to the challenge. And the thing is, they got Joe B over there. They playing cover four. They playing man, too. You know what I'm saying? So I know how Joe B caught a game. 
I know what scheme they playing, man. He he calling great games right now, and the secondary is looking out for him. It's great to see when some of these backups get their chance and they make it happen. You mentioned yes, uh, Trayvon Diggs giving up that one deep ball. Tim Patrick also had a couple untimely penalties. He's kind yeah. of emerged as this controversial guy to talk about because on the one hand, like, my goodness, how many times can you get these interceptions? Like, even including guys from last year, he's already had the third most in a season. Like, it's just insane how often he's gotten his hands on the ball. On the other hand, he has given up league-high amount in passing yards. We've seen some of the penalties uh, have a problem as well do you think this is just a case of him being a second year player and going through some growing pains and eventually we're going to see this guy turn into just a true lockdown lockdown corner or is this just kind of the reality where if you want to make these great interceptions these game-changing turnovers you're gonna give us some yards too well i think it's a case of he's following around the number one receiver on the opposing team week in week out so if i'm going against your best player your all pro your pro bowler every week then you're going to give up some plays you know what i'm saying it's just you just contain them and make your own plays right you try to not give up the deep balls make your plays and if they come out they number one receiver come out with 70 80 yards that's that's a win for you right yeah. so i think it's just a case of him man he 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 won't smoke with everybody and and that's a good thing man so some guys you'll be surprised and there's some of these corners out here who's scared to death they don't want no smoke right you ask them on wednesday we want you to follow this guy they tell you no i'm staying on the left side i'm playing my side so he actually won't smoke with everybody and and i think and nowadays game how they call a game and and the the style of nowadays game the days of revis islands and all those kind of things them over man if revis was to follow number one receivers in today's game then he's gonna be the same you're gonna give up tubs you're going to make your plays, but I don't think it'll ever look locked down, locked down like you used to see in the past. Today's game don't allow that, man. We can't grab and hold enough like like we used to be able to back in the day. You can't do that enough. They throwing flags on you nowadays. So those days are over with, man. Revis spoiled us, you know what I'm saying? That shit, that shit over with. Trey going to be just fine, though, because as long as, he, long as he following around number one receivers and making plays, he the best. Yeah, to your point, I think the only guy still chilling on Revis Island is Stevie Johnson. He's got his timeshare there for the rest of time, um, and that's about it. But yeah, with Diggs, and really, you know, like last year, I remember Tyreek just went off on Carlton Davis, Darius Slay, had a few rough games. If you're good enough to get that assignment to follow the number one corner, I mean, to follow the number one receiver in the first place, like, let's cut these guys some slack. It's the hardest matchup on the field. That's saying a lot, man. That's saying a lot. I think it's the hardest position besides quarterback. It's the hardest position in football. And and on top of that, we're going against probably some of the best athletes, fast, big, strong. We do what they do backwards. We have no idea what they're doing, but we got to end up in the same spot as those guys, right? So the job is hard enough, man, just to stay on one side, just to be able to go to the slot corner and the left corner, the right corner, them are all different positions. So yeah. in a sense, you're playing three, three different positions in one game. Man, and, and and if you if you're willing to do that and you're willing to go on national TV and follow around somebody's number one player, man, that's saying a lot right there. So should have everyone's respect. Now, Keep, I do this wide receiver, you know, breaking down every wide receiver cornerback matchup every week, trying to find these fantasy edges, and I am tracking the guys that are shadowing. And the one that's really stuck out to me as just week after week, matchup after matchup, doing a great job is Marshawn Lattimore. He basically oh, yeah. shut down Devontae Adams and Terry McLaurin. He gave up one long touchdown to DK Metcalf and Mike Evans apiece. You know, who, who aren't those guys scoring on more weeks right. than not? Has Lattimore done enough for you this season to start to warrant a spot in that true top five corner conversation oh Lattimore been in my top five corners conversation man but there we go definitely this year this year is 
going up to another level, man. He's following them guys around, strapping everything, man. So, you know, Lattimore, he a Cleveland guy. I was born in Cleveland, man. So I've been on Lattimore. I've been a fan of him. Uh, he already know it too. So he's definitely one of the one of the guys. If I'm if I'm starting a franchise and I'm running my defense, which is gonna be Wade Phillips system, you know what I'm saying? That's gonna be my defense, right? <laughs> oh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely drafting Lattimore as one of my top corners. He 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 if it, I might go Ramsey Diggs first, then I know the other one gonna be gone. I come back around, I'm going Lattimore. Give me Lattimore. I need them corners out the gate because I'm running this defense. So he definitely be one of the one of the top guys who who I sick on your number one receiver by far. We might just be seeing the beginning, man. 25 years old. You get picked 11th overall. I get we're going to have the heightened expectations. And I feel like he would rise to the occasion in certain matchups over the years. A little bit inconsistent, though. But, yeah, man, right. Ram Ramsey, Diggs, and then Lattimore, great company to be in. Akib, I appreciate the time, as always. One more question for you. So we got, let's just say, theoretical here. Scientists recreate a prime Randy Moss. They give you the chance to take any cornerback from any year that you think has the best chance of slowing down Randy Moss. Who would you pick in this situation? Oh, I got to go prime, right? You got to go Dion okay. just because Moss is like a cheetah, man. He could fly, right? So you got to put somebody who could fly with him. So I think Dion had no problem with his speed. And on top of that, Dion got great ball skills, man. So it's going to be a lot of jump balls. <laughs> Anybody could jump with Randy, I say it's prime, man. So I'm going to go Dion. We're going Randy Moss. He the best to me. We got to go the best on the DB side too, man. I'm going Randy Moss versus Dion. I was watching uh, Dion's like America's Game, the uh, great NFL uh, Network docuseries, and yeah. they had Michael Irvin, I think, doing his intro. And Irvin was talking about this Florida State Miami game where he said he won at the line, he get past, he puts his arm up, and he said out of nowhere, Dion comes up, basically Moss is Irvin, and then he goes puts the ball up on my field and starts running the other way. <laughs> Best corner ever. And then just not even like it's rare to me, man, that we have someone like Dion who can be not only like the GOAT, probably in terms of like career accomplishments, but also just the single best corner at any point in time. Man, at any point in time, man, it's, it's like no questions. Hey, like receiver, we could say Jerry Rice. And I say, man, I'll say Randy Moss. Or you can go to quarterbacks. You might say Tom Brady and somebody else will jump in. And yeah. man, I'll say uh, Joe Montana because this reason. But I, I feel like when it comes to cornerback, Hands down, there's no questions asked, man. Everybody going to say prom. No questions asked. So true. Every go conversation becomes this ridiculous long ordeal, except for Prime at cornerback. Except for Prime. <laughs> Akib, fantastic stuff. Again, people can find your podcast called The Booth and Catching Fades. You're obviously plenty involved in the week-to-week -week NFL stuff, broadcasting as well. Any bold fancy takes you want to give out to people before you get out of here? I know you're being, uh, you know, you got C. Pat in your two squads, so you know, you got to yeah. know what you're doing a little bit. I know what I'm doing a little bit, man, but uh, let me see what I got for the people. Uh, a little quiet gym. Deontay Johnson been going to work for me on my Ooh. team. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. even know how much people is on Deontay Johnson, but I He's don't really little... know what he did this week. I, I got blew out this week, so by Monday night, I wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> But, yeah, he, uh, he's been a little quiet, man. He's got the Lions next week. So possible breakout game? Possible breakout game for Deontay Johnson. He don't, he don't stay quiet. He don't, he, if he scored eight points, then nine points, he, he destined to come out with a 22-point game, man. So find Deontay Johnson if you can. Get on the bandwagon. You heard it from Akib Tlaib. Deontay, 100-plus two touchdowns, maybe more next Sunday yeah. against the Lions. Crazy game. For Akib, I'm Ian Hardis. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next time, take care, everybody.